Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. <laughs> I think in a screening as, as empty as that, you can have a danger way. Do you know what? I could have just whipped my book out and knocked one out in City World Eastbourne. Nobody would have known. Mr. Trick there. You would, you would have known. <laughs> and the person after. Oh dear. Welcome to this week's Failed Critics Podcast. I'm Steve Norman, I'm joined by Owen Hughes. Hello. Paul Field. Evening, Steve. And our special guest, author Esco Walker. Uh, Esco, why don't you talk us through who you are, what books you've written, and, and basically give yourself a bit of a, a plug. All right, so hi, everyone. Uh, thanks very much for inviting me. It's um, an absolute honour and a privilege to, uh, to be here. I'm, That's uh, the first excited. time it's been called that. <laughs> I'm excited and I'm nervous. Um, yeah, I'm looking forward to it. So... And you sound like Spud. <laughs> Just to check, I am allowed to swear, am I? It's encouraged. Yeah. Excellent. Yeah. Um, yeah, so my name's Escobar Walker. Um, I'm an unsuccessful fiction writer from Scotland, amongst other things. Um, my first couple of books, I've been writing for a long time. Um, my first couple of books were based in around Glasgow. Um, centre around the important themes of drinking and shagging and my specialist subject, masturbation. Um, My third book, I Hate My Job, It Sucks, that just came out just recently. Uh, It's a lot more mainstream. If you've ever worked in an office, um, buy it. You might enjoy it. Um, In terms of films, I don't really watch that much uh, television or movies. I I generally like anything with, um, with drugs and violence and crime in it. Uh, Goodfellas, True Romance, Blow, that sort of thing. Um, basically, I like modern day stuff, you know, stuff you don't really need to think too much while you're watching it, stuff where uh, naked women feature heavily in it, um, which kind of goes with uh, my sort of writing. So, us sending you off to see Macbeth was right up your street then? Absolutely bang out of order. Absolutely <laughs> raging. But we'll talk about that in a little while when we, uh, when we, uh, we get to that review. But yeah, it was. Um, it was painful. <laughs> I mean, obviously, the reason we've got Esco on is because we are reviewing the new Macbeth film starring Michael Fassbender and Marion Cotillard this week. You're also the second Glaswegian we've had on the podcast, and you basically sound like Dave McFarlane, but with the ability to write. <laughs> I'm sure yeah. Dave will appreciate that once he hears this, if he, if he does. I'll make sure he does. Yeah, if he's not inebriated at the time. Oh, he'll be inebriated. Yeah. Anyway. I mean, I've, been, I've been drinking tonight. I've had a few beers just to, you know, get me set up for this. Um, it's really, actively really... encouraged, mate. Yeah, I, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm nervous. I feel I'm going to be completely out of my depth. You know, I know, you know, I know bugger all about films. Um, so, so apologies in advance for um, being shit at the quiz and uh, yeah, 
contributing nothing meaningful at all. Oh, that's right. We, we all think we know things about films and shit at the quiz. So. <laughs> yeah. It's not anything to, to worry about. Uh, but on to the quiz, and it will be Owen versus Paul and Esco. Essentially, for this quiz, I'm going back to how the quiz used to be um, with reading out the filmography of certain actors, but they're all Scottish actors, obviously, for this one. And there's, there's three, obviously, best of three wins. Uh, so I'm going to start off with this particular actor and uh, a 2002 film, Reign of Fire. Never heard of it. <laughs> is it Christian Bale? It's not. Yeah, he's not Scottish, is he? Where was, he <laughs> was he from? Was he from Wales? Was I that believe it? he's Welsh. Oh, okay. Yeah. Anyway, in 2003, actually, was in Lara Croft Tomb Raider: The Cradle of Life. Uh, is it Dougray Scott? It's not. <sighs> uh, in uh, 2007, they are in 300. Ooh, Jesus, this is a tough one. God, no, I don't know. Carry on. Might make it a bit easier. In 2008, they were in Rock and Roller. <laughs> yeah, that made it loads easier. Cheers, Steve. Okay, in 2009, Law Abiding Citizen. Yeah, I know his name. I can't remember it. <laughs> Go on, Esco, you must know this. I've got no, I, I've, no, I've, no I don't even, I haven't even heard most of those films. Isn't it the fellow who goes, I am Sparta? <laughs> That's Gerard Butler, isn't it? <sighs> You're correct, on It's Gerard Butler. That's the, yeah. Oh, him. is it? I, I never knew he was Scottish. What? What's his name Gerard again? Have you, have you ever, no, never heard him talk when he's not in a film? I don't think so. I think the most I've seen him do is gawp at the, the fucking tennis ball at Wimbledon. See, the really annoying thing is, I've got a little fact. One of my um, rec- my films that I'm going to talk about later, I've got a little fact. It's about Ger- Gerard Butler being in the film. Fucking hell, I should have got that, really. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Right, well, that's an accidental 1-0 to me so far. Yeah. Anyway, um, next actor. 1980... They played Mance Airfield in Flash Gordon. Oh, that guy. Yeah, it'll get, it'll get easier after that. I just couldn't really leave that one out, I don't think. Was it Sean Connery? No. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Ewan McGregor? No. No, OK. In 1986, I'm only mentioning this because I have to mention it because James will be listening, he was in a film called Caravaggio. <laughs> no. Let's get on to a, a more popular film. In 1990, they're in Nuns on the Run. Uh, Robbie Coltrane. It was, yes. <laughs> Get in there. <laughs> uh, so, obviously, the, we go down to the final actor in this. And in 2004, they were in Wimbledon. Is that you and McGregor? No. <laughs> oh, God. Okay. <laughs> in, two, in 2005, they were in the Chronicles of Narnia, The Lion, the Witch and the Wardrobe. <gasps> oh, yeah, fucking, what's his face? James McAvoy. Yes, yeah, so it was James McAvoy. Oh, what so, a bastard. You've won the quiz this week. I'm not sure what that means. Score is overall now, to be honest. I think that's um, one all. Excellent. I think I lost last week. Yes, you did. You're correct. Yeah, okay, cool. So I accidentally guessed one of those and the other one I knew from a shitty kids film. Hooray. There we go. Yeah, that's how it works. Shameful. <laughs> So now we go on to our main review for this week, which is Macbeth, the Scottish film based on the Scottish play. Uh, why, why aren't you allowed to say Macbeth to theatre people? I don't get it. I've never understood that. 
Is it, I, know, um, I know it's meant to be bad luck, but why is it meant to be bad luck? But Never mind. I, so what, what, I, what do you stay instead? Like, what do you call it say, You're meant to say the Scottish play, aren't you? All right, or fucking pish or something like that. <laughs> because he's a cunt. No, anyway. As, uh, <laughs> the film directed by Justin Kurzel and starring uh, uh, Michael Fassbender as Macbeth and Marion Cotillard as Lady Macbeth, um, as well as Paddy Constantine, Sean Harris and others. Before we talk about the film itself, do we have any previous dalliances with Macbeth or Shakespeare? Um, my major memory of it having to study at GCSE and like, was, like when you yeah. study anything at GCSE you are relentlessly bombed with the thing and made to analyse every single bit of it where you lose all love for it like the same as with we had Lord of the Flies as the book and Macbeth as the Shakespeare and it's just like you end up getting it. any modicum of joy you could find from them is sucked out of it by studying them at GCSE or when I did it's not like oh watch it and read it and just enjoy it for what it is it's what's it all about Constantly. Yeah, but you you don't even like at GCSE level get to read it properly, do you? Because you only do sections of it. I can. So you don't I, do the whole thing. I can just remember watching an animated version of it. <laughs> an animated. Yeah, we had bit. to read bits of it as well. But the main the main bit I can remember is watching quite regularly an animated, not like, not like a really kiddie animation, but like an animated version of Macbeth. I don't think I could remember anything about it. I basically, as I was sitting in the cinema, all I could remember was. Throne of Blood, the Akira Kurosawa film, which is basically a Japanese version of it. And I, even that, to start with, made more sense. I probably could have got away with watching Throne of Blood without subtitles and understood it slightly more than, than this version of Macbeth, to be honest. I mean, okay, Esco, you must be older than the other two. You, you must have done O-levels and stuff. But I, I, did standard grade, I did standard grades and hires. I didn't do Macbeth. I did, we did do Shakespeare. I, think I did Merchant of Venice or something else, um, mm. which was equally pish. Yeah. But, <laughs> it yeah, was yeah, fucking not, ages not, ago. Not a fan of Shakespeare. And... It, yeah. I know it's weird, isn't it? Because it's... I think part of what Steve just touched on in, in that you're forced to learn about it is what kind of makes it a turn-off, really. You know, you're being told you have to learn about this because it is the best out there, and it's just, it kind of puts it in a in a bad light automatically. But um, I don't know. I didn't hate Macbeth at school. It was just one of those things that you just have to do, and you just struggle through it. But like I said, I enjoyed Throne of Blood when I watched that. But that's mainly because Akira Kurosawa is just fucking awesome as a director. Can I can I just ask how many people were in everyone's screenings? Four other people in mine. No. Four, four other people in mine as well. I couldn't even persuade my wife to go with me. I had to... <laughs> not, over, not overly busy. I was no. in mine on my own. <laughs> and you still walked out on it. Well, I felt... Uh, do you know what? As well, I was thinking £9 for a private screening. I, I had a little nap and then I woke up when they did. You've still got time for a Coke. And then I wasn't sure if I dosed again. I've not heard heard of that in Macbeth before. (laughs) (laughs) Product placement was a bit... And then I think I kind of woke up when they were doing the... There was like a voiceover at the start. Um, And and I just thought, what's he saying? Hang on. Because I was was genuinely prepared to to watch it but not understand, you know, what was going Mm. on or to particularly Mm -hmm. understand the dialogue. What I wasn't prepared for was that I couldn't understand or even hear the words that I w- wasn't able to kind of process. It was just garbled noise. 
And I, after 15 minutes, I thought, I genuinely have no idea what they're saying. Three quarters of the sentences are, are just inaudible. And um, up sticks You're and not- left. So did you sneak in and watch something else instead? Do you know what I could have done? I was thinking now, because that was, I took time out of work, out of my holiday, cost me nine quid, actually nine ninety, and I left seven quids worth of popcorn and Coke on the floor. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You imagine. don't get reimbursements for this, I'm afraid. No. Yeah, I yeah, I was, when I left, I, I was going to sneak in to watch Everest, but it, it was already quite a bit started, so I didn't. So how long did you last? I, I lasted just under an hour. But go, so go on, after the 15 minutes, what, what did it, what, why, why did you walk out? Was it the same reason or? No, it was because I was needing a piss and I couldn't be bothered coming back afterwards. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I wasn't the first person actually, there was somebody else walked out before me. I thought they'd gone to do a piss, but I never saw them coming back. Well, on my screening, when I booked it, there were seven other seats which had the little blue ticks on to say that there were people sat in them. The lying bastards. <laughs> <laughs> I was. I watched the whole thing just because I, I kind of. I didn't. I didn't hate it. I thought some of it was really good. But I. Um, yeah, as I say, there were only four other people in the screening with me. This is like an Oxford crowd for you. They stayed through to the credits and were sat there watching the credits as I walked out. You don't get that very often, do you? People sitting through the end credits trying to. I don't know. Were they trying to impress each other so you could stay there the longest? Maybe you thought it was a post-credits scene. Yeah, a stinger at the end of Macbeth. <laughs> I, 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 t- I even took a notepad and a, you know a pen. I was going to write down some notes to get some, you know. Did you draw a massive knob on it and leave I it? Did. I did. <laughs> I left a, a sign like "fuck off, this is shit" and left my tail away. <laughs> so okay, so Paul, you've sort of mentioned the audio issues that you had i think you're not the only person i've seen who's complained about that i don't know whether that was just a problem with the, the screen that you were in particularly I, or yeah I because did. i've seen other look, people complain know, about search on, on twitter and i saw other kind of people bemoaning the audio and it, you know i watch a lot of bloody scottish stuff i read a lot of scottish books the scottish accent i was when i went in i thought they ain't gonna be a problem for me i'll be fine but and then you heard marion cotillard's accent i it was i just it just—it was just bizarre. It was like Esco. Have you ever watched BBC Alba? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's what it sounded like to me. Come on, mm. it was a German actor and a French actress <laughs> doing <laughs> Scottish accents to Shakespearean language. Yeah. At least it was set in Scotland. That was the one redeeming factor for me. Well, I th- just from the setting, I thought it just looked absolutely exquisite all the way through. That was the one thing that I was really impressed yeah, I think, with. I think that's certainly one positive is the way the film looked. The, the cinematography and the sort of right. Did the photography fog clear then? Because I left when it was still foggy. Yeah. <laughs> I was yeah. going to say that as well. I live in Scotland and it's not that fucking... <laughs> it's like, I was look, afterwards, I was looking at the budget. It was a, The budget of the film was apparently 20 million quid and I reckon they must have spent about 19 and three quarters in fucking smoke machines. <laughs> <laughs> Just dry ice everywhere. <laughs> Yeah, but no, I mean, come on, even walk it out, you've got to admit it did look good, fog aside. Or is that... Well, no, the other problem where in Cineworld Eastbourne, and they they put it in the really shit tiny screen at the back that nobody wants to go to, where they put films they're obviously contractually obligated to show but don't want to. Mm. And the emergency exit sign is so bright and so close to the screen that it beams across 
like a quarter of the screen. <laughs> it makes right. it really awful. It's just, it was not, it was the, the worst. It was the most comfortable because I got to sit in the disabled seats at the back, which reclined with <laughs> loads of leg room. <laughs> I did. I'm not joking. <laughs> but, top tip there, actually, if you go to Sydney World in Eastbourne, go to an empty screening, sit in the disabled seats. And um, yeah, there was just so much light in there. It was just, it was the worst cinema experience I've had. And probably, I know it's not your worst film, Esco, but well, I would say it's the, that is the, the quickest walkout I've ever had. And the worst film I've ever ever had the misfortune to see. Jesus. Wow. Would you have stuck with it for longer if you were watching it at home on a Blu-ray, do you reckon? Maybe. Because I've got better sound here than they have at that shithole. Hmm. Well, I mean, it genuinely, I think there were, there were things in there that didn't sound right to me. And I, I thought this, the, the same quality in terms of like the... the cinema's system was fine but it was just like Fassbender just mumbled an awful lot I mean he was like Tom Hardy on coke you know it was just almost to the point that he I'm pretty sure he fluffs that is this a dagger I see before me line I'm pretty sure he didn't say that he can't have fluffed because he would have surely redone it but I mean, it was one of those that just sort of he he said it, and it was just like, oh fuck, was that the that was that the line? Was that the bit that everyone was supposed to know? Because it just, I mean, did you not notice that, Steve? Or I didn't pick up on it. No. Uh, I'm pretty sure at the start he just he didn't I, I say. I mean, chances are I wasn't paying attention by that point. But <laughs> yeah, I mean, most of it you kind of the 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 dialogue is there, but you you're not really concentrating on it so much i guess because it's just it's gibberish it sounded to me like the 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 actors were they couldn't process the the script being you know kind of archaic language and then coupled with having to do that accent the two combined it was just like they just combusted and just a load of garbage came out their gobs plus they had smoke in their eyes yep (laughs) yeah i don't know i thought um Basically, Fassbender was there to cry a lot. He either gritted his teeth and snarled, or he was just in tears. Um, he's overrated. Oh, I generally think he's quite good. I really yeah. liked him in Shame. I thought he was he was brilliant in Shame. That was shit. <laughs> it was. Well, it's got so many cocks in it. I mean, surely that's your... It was a film about a sex addict, and he's like, you know, he has a cheeky wank. That doesn't make you a sex addict. I found that film really offensive. Have you seen it, Esco? I haven't seen it, no. Oh, mate, you'll get really wound up by it because, <laughs> you know, having read your books, they're proper filthy. Yeah. They, they, they wheel out Fassbender as this, like, you know, sort of demonic sex addict. He does fuck all. He does, you know, one-tenth of any of the characters in your book get up to. <laughs> I found it really offensive in the way that he wasn't a sex addict. Having read the first twenty-one percent of of Esco's book, according to my Kindle, the yeah, no, I haven't seen. I don't think they can commit that to feature films. No, to be no, honest, no. my third, my third one, my third one, I just released recently. It's more mainstream, you know. My, yeah, my wife's reading that one. She won't. She refuses to read my first book. She's reading <laughs> that one. Yeah, my I read. My wife read a page of um, Bowling Ball mm-hmm. where the the guys waiting in the waiting room. Um, and iron up the younger ladies, oh, and she was yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Why are you reading this? <laughs> <I was> like, <laughs> it's, 
it's about the language. It's about the sort of the character of the of Glasgow. And she's like, no, nah, I'm not reading that. So sorry, Esco, you That's gained strange. one follower. I'm not the Boston. only person that said that. Yeah. But um, as far as the language in, in Macbeth goes, yeah, I struggled with it. I mean, I, I thought I was getting to grips with it after about 15 minutes and then sort of they throw a curveball where you miss a couple of words because you just, you just, they just mumble. And then, yeah, I lost it again. Did, did you think it was going to be good? I mean, you know, what, what are the reviews on yeah. it? Do people say it's good? Yeah, because it's a very art house sort of film. So typically... The reviews, if you look at The Guardian or if you look at, um, you know, Robbie Collin in, in The Telegraph or whoever, whoever it is that you're reading, probably Commode as well. Wait, wait, Paul, hold your... I, do you know what? I think but, they're all lying wankers who don't want to be like vilified by their peers and just stick their necks out and say, do you know what? As per my notes, it was piss, shite and inaudible ball bags. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I do I, I, I feel like I'm really struggling to defend it but at the same time when I came out of the cinema I thought it was a really um, but did you understand kind of like if you didn't dream-like... understand it how can you enjoy it yeah well you, you get you understand it don't you I mean you know what the plot is I, no I've got a fucking clue no okay so <laughs> Macbeth is Thane of wherever he is there's Glams. he fights off the there's Norwegians a, and a, Irish there's a in there somewhere I remember that possibly Fights off the Norwegian and Irish armies along with Paddy Considine, who plays Banquo. And basically then he gets put in the position of Thane of something or other, which is basically King Duncan's left-hand man, who's played by David Thewlis. So I did think it was quite good, but I do like David Thewlis anyway. I think he's a pretty good actor. actor. Um, then what happens is Macbeth kind of... Pers- Swayed by his wife after getting a prophecy from three witches who just randomly turn up that he will be king. He decides then the only way he can be king is if he kills Duncan. So that's what he does. He stabs him. Is this a dagger? I, I mean, sorry, I see... can I just, just sorry, I yeah. don't actually care. <laughs> so... You don't care? <laughs> no? Okay. You're, you're wasting your time with me, buddy. I mean, to right. be honest, you've just explained, I mean, I was I obviously saw all of this, this, and I, you know, you've explained it much better than I, I don't understand any of that from watching it earlier. I, I kind of, I, yeah, I don't know, it, it gets a little bit confusing after that in terms of what? how the fuck the, the politics works and why is it that he's then, because basically his mate, his, uh, Banquo's kids are going to be king after him. So instead of just going, okay, well, I'll just live for the next 50 years, a healthy, normal lifestyle, and then they'll get it. It's, it's about him being paranoid that they're going to overthrow him, they're going to kill him. So then it becomes this revenge story. So there's... there's I mean, I, I'm i not a fucking scholar. I'm not a <laughs> academic or, or literary anything, you know, but it's just like... I think you it's there's enough there to follow what's going on in terms of, like, the gist of it. And then, obviously, it's all about the corruption, power corrupts, etc., etc. But... Yeah, I don't know. I, I kind of got it, but maybe it's because I'd already, you know, like me and Steve had studied Macbeth in mm. school. I wouldn't call me at GCSE studying anything. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, that that might be stretching it for me as well. But, the, you know, there's the kind of... It it, it, was, it was okay to follow, but there were, there were lots of confusing bits in it, mainly because, as we just keep coming back to, is the language, because it's so do you, archaic. Do you and... think they would have been better than updating the the language, the dialogue. I mean, there's, you could have still it, made yeah. it sound Shakespearean while adapting it. Um, oh, man. I mean, that's a tough question because 
I either sound like an ignorant cunt who says, yeah, Shakespeare's too complicated, let's dumb it down, or I come across as the opposite, which is a pretentious knobhead who says, no, of course not, Shakespeare's wonderful, we should keep it as it is. And you, and you uh, fall somewhere between the two, I guess. I think I, I fall somewhere between... There, there were, between a cunt and a knobhead. Between a cunt and a knobhead, yeah. What is that little bit in between? Um, the gooch. I, I think I'm reliably informed by my footballers it's called the taint. The taint. I thought it was a gooch. Oh, well, maybe it's, they said it was the gooch and I said it was the taint. Mm. So, yeah, somewhere in between then is basically where I'm. I think they, they, they didn't help themselves in terms of making it accessible to a a wider audience, but then maybe that wasn't the intention behind the film anyway, and they just wanted to commit Macbeth to, to the big screen with um some bloody beautiful scenery with it. It's all a bit... What do you mean scenery? You can hardly see the scenery. It was just fucking smoke. Behind the fog. <laughs> yeah, maybe. Um, The colours in it were good. <laughs> Fuck off. <laughs> the colours. <laughs> it had nice Did reds. it have nice muted tones? Though? It was nice reds, nice colour palette. What kind um, of reds were there? Kind of scarlet and the one between pink and orange, purple. Eh? <laughs> I don't know. I, I don't know. I mean, it looked great, and I kind of made it look great to me. I thought it was it was kind of. There was no nudity. There was no swearing. It was absolute pish. Correct. Yeah. yeah, there was only one boff, and that was very brief with clothes on. What? Yes, I saw that. That was in the bit of where I was still there. Yeah. Oh, was that when you headed off to the toilet? <laughs> so, so Macbeth, don't go and see it, or maybe do see it, but bear in mind it's a very, very arty sort do of we, film. Do we think it's the one, that, uh, the kind of film that's going to be up for award nominations come award time? B- British awards, definitely. Oh, they'll be jizzing over it like crazy. Really? Oh my god! <laughs> yeah. It's just right up there, that sort of street, though, isn't it? I mean, I don't think it will get anywhere near Oscars because, um, well, it's just not mainstream enough for that kind of thing. Dame Judy's going to be handing over those BAFTAs to him left, right and centre. <laughs> hmm. Yeah, I mean, I don't really have much else to say about it, um, aside from that I kind of liked it and was very confused by it. Nobody listening to this is going to go and see it anyway, buddy. You won't worry about it. You don't think so? Nah. I don't, well, I don't, don't attract that kind of audience. I don't think we should isolate that sentence. I kind of liked it, but was very confused by it, and just use that as a, a soundbite for you at all, Owen. They could put that on the poster. <laughs> <laughs> they can have that. Rather than Escobar, it was pish. <laughs> yeah. Have a wank in your cinema seat instead. I don't think that's getting on the poster. No, quite. <laughs> Time for Triple Bill now, where we are looking at our three favourite things Scottish from film or TV. Um, Owen, why don't you kick us off? Okay, I will just put this caveat out there though. I did send around in our, our description that Scottish can mean whatever you want, okay? Whether it's well, it, the it can't. The film... It can't mean Welsh, can it? <laughs> yeah, fuck off, Steve. So it can't mean setting or location. Uh, it can mean that, sorry. It can mean setting or location. It could be cast, it could be the characters, uh, the writer, director. Whatever you think that means is fine. Okay. And by the way, in fairness, I was Welsh last Saturday for the rugby. So. Oh, yeah, thanks. Great. I don't follow that. For the egg chasers. Fucking egg chasing. Um, yeah, that's what I can say that. No, we're out. That's all right. 
Yeah, so basically my first choice is one that's it is very Scottish whatever way you look at it. Uh Shallow Grave by Danny Boyle. Um about three people who three friends, flatmates, they discover a load of money in their in their um flat that belongs to uh their flatmate who's dead. But it's there's just a, a load of cash and what a fucking film that is. I mean, I only discovered it quite recently, I have to admit. Only, only sort of about two, three years ago was the first time I watched it. Because I had it on DVD, just on a whim. I saw it, it was it was going for like two quid, it was on a shelf, and I thought, you know what, I've heard that's pretty good. Picked it up, and there it sat for about three years, just on the shelf, waiting. And every time I used to talk to this guy in work, he always used to say that it was like his favourite film, I've got to give it a chance, it's going to be really good. And I was like, yeah, you know, maybe, maybe not. And when I finally did, when I finally watched it, I thought it was absolutely brilliant. Really, really good. Fantastic cast, Eccleston, McGregor and Fox, just all of them really great in their roles. Uh, They are thoroughly unlikable characters. I think they're all in their own way um, a bit selfish, uh, a bit you kind of wouldn't like to be their friend from the way they tra- treat each other. But that's fine because it doesn't matter because they're really well written characters. And at the same time, the performances are really good. Uh, and that's kind of why you um, want them to, to sort of succeed in their harebrained plans uh, and, and yeah so and it was the plot was really entertaining i thought it, it was really like i said well written i loved how each character's kind of individual uh, descent was played out um, and how they sort of it all comes together and it just led to the i'm not going to say what the ending is in case people are listening and haven't seen it i know it's an old film but i still don't like to spoil it but i thought the ending to it just really wrapped everything up really well what a debut as well for danny boyle just what what a film to start off with, and it's just yeah. So it took me it took me about three years to watch it, and it was a mistake waiting that long because now it's it's one of my not just like one of my favourite Scottish films. I don't even think of it as a, one of my favourite Scottish films. It's just one of my favourite British films in general. There was a, um, didn't it get a Criterion release as well? Yeah, possibly. I don't know. Yeah, no, it did. Which I'll take your which, word for that. Yeah, yeah, no, no, no. And uh, plus Peter Mullen Bingo because he's in it, albeit briefly, isn't he? Is he? Yeah. Yeah. So I'm ticking off. Every time somebody mentions a film that Peter Mullins in tonight, I'm going to tick off a thing. If I get three, <laughs> I'm going to have an extra drink. Yeah, yeah. But it was, yeah, it was really good. I thought um, it was kind of like a, kind of the, the start of a beautiful relationship between Ewan McGregor and, and uh, Danny Boyle that was soiled somewhat after the beach when uh, when they fell out over the casting of, of Leonardo DiCaprio instead of Ewan McGregor. Do you know about um, this, Esco? Is this... Is this... A, a, a kind of is it, yeah, is it is common this, uh... knowledge? I never heard, never heard of it. So, he, so what did he? He did Train Spotting straight after Shallow Grave. Was that his second film, Danny Boyle's? Yeah, yeah. And then um, he was supposed to be doing the beach with you and McGregor, and it kind of it wasn't the last minute, but it he basically ditched you and after both of them together had sort of established each other's relationships and uh, was he in a life less ordinary i haven't seen a life less ordinary so i can't I can't comment but basically yeah the beach was the film where it was going to be his big hollywood film yeah was, was that danny boyle or was that the studio and he just caved into the pressure he caved in and must have him, done mustn't he and cast cast pretty boy 
DiCaprio. He must, have kept, he must have casted made up anyway because they're doing porno, aren't they? Is that train spotting too? That's coming out soon. Uh, yeah, they are. Yeah, we talked about it a little bit a, a couple of weeks ago, and um, I'm sure we'll get onto that later. Yeah, because Paul, you like the book oh, Train Spotting too. Yeah. Porno, as it is. Yeah. I, I do, my, and um, I'm sure Escobar, one of his favourite, he must be one of his favourite characters in that universe too, is uh, Juice Terry Lawson. <laughs> yep, 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 yep. I mean, yeah. <laughs> we'll talk, we're going to talk about Trainspotting. Yeah. Okay. Well, I'll, I will wrap up there for fear of us talking any more about Danny Boyle or or, or his works then. And um, yeah, I did, just to sort of cap off and say that I, I really, really liked Shallow Grave. Okay, Paul. Your first, yeah. Well, my my uh, sort of number three pick, um, and I know Escobar was really keen on us picking some ultra modern, up to date. You know, he's worried about the state of Scottish cinema, um, so uh, I've uh, gone for Whiskey Galore from 1949 with uh, Basil <laughs> Radford. Um, it's a it's an ealing comedy, and it's as they all are. It's it, they're really kind of sort of sweet and whimsical and innocent it's a uh, about this island in, in the outer hebrides who um during the war during the war um run out of whiskey and they they've got this kind of home guard there and everyone's miserable because they've got you know i want a wee drum and you know it's all then this ship arrives and it it gets um grounded uh, and the ship's called the SS Politician. I've no idea why. It's ridiculous. <laughs> and um, on board are 50,000 cases of whiskey. And then what it turns into is this kind of cat and mouse sort of caper between the islanders wanting to get the whiskey and the, the, this guy from the Home Guard trying to stop them getting at the whiskey. And, uh, yeah, I mean, it's as simple as that. I mean, it's a really short film. It's like an hour and 15 minutes. Um there's a couple of familiar faces though pop up. Um, I don't know if you guys, younger chaps, will remember this, but Escobar will. Gordon Jackson. Gordon Jackson. You have to remind professionals. me. Bodie yeah. and Doyle's governor. No. No. Sorry. You've never seen the professionals. No. No, I'm not talking to you, Escobar. Oh well. No, I've not either. Blood. How old are you? How old do you think I'm? Forty. No, mid forties. Ah, you. Fucking hate you, wanker. <laughs> <laughs> and then the other, well, you won't know James Robinson Justices either. No. Pass. Big portly guy with a beard. Anything, any comedy from 1950 onwards that involved anyone playing either a doctor or a sea captain, it was always James Robinson Justice. But I learnt this week, though, and in fact, they were filming this week, is um, a, a kind of local Bexhillian and Hollywood-ish star Eddie Izzard is the lead in the Whiskey Galore remake. Did you know this was happening, anyone? No. Yeah, I saw the stills from it this week. I was. <sighs> he loves to turn his hand to a, a foreign accent, doesn't he? A non-normal, not normal, his non-regular accent. He's... He likes to try something else. Well, he speaks, I think he speaks five languages. Yeah. Funny... Yeah, he did a whole set in French, I'm sure he did. Oh, and yeah, he does... Um... It's a weird because I actually kind of know him because we were on the um, Save the Bexhill Cinema Committee together, and he went to school with someone, another friend of the podcast, James Yule. Oh, really? Yeah, <laughs> a very small world. Yeah, but anyway, yeah. Yes. So, Whiskey Galore, 
if you if, Sunday afternoon, a nice matinee, you can't go wrong. Hour and fifteen minutes, very punchy, very funny. Done. I think I've only seen Basil Radford in one other film. The the um, his name's just the first on the list here on the IMDb. And the lady vanishes. Oh, okay. He's one yeah, of the yeah. guys on the train, isn't he? Talking to um, about cricket and stuff. You can't miss him because he's got that he's got that awesome mo. Oh, he's very yeah, very uh, recognisable. Okay, um, my first one. I'm going for a different tag. I'm going for favourite Scottish characters from television or film. And first up, going with going with train spotting. We'll get that one out of the way. And the character of obviously Francis Begbie, who is probably one of the best psychopaths I've seen committed the film. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Just absolute relentless nuttery from. Robert Carlyle, brilliant! How mental he is. Esco, can you do the line where he where where he says about that wee lassie being glassed? Somebody's being glassed, and we are not leaving here until we find out who done it. Who hey, it. there you go, <laughs> brilliant! <laughs> what kind of what cunt done it? That's it. What cunt done it? <laughs> Glass. You must know that script off by heart. I've watched, I should. I've watched it that many times. Brilliant. Yeah. I can't wait for the sequel. I can't wait for the sequel. Oh. Well, okay. Let's talk a little bit about the sequel then, because obviously you two have read porno. I've um, read it probably four times. <laughs> okay. So give us a, a, a brief outline of how it follows up on, on train spotting, because don't they both like train spotting and this film will be what? 20, 20 years apart. And then you've got, the porno um, book, which is, is it 10 years after or 20 years after? Sure. How, many years, cause when, how, how many years is it um, after? Because Renton's in Amsterdam and then he comes back. And, yeah. But Begbie's still in prison, isn't he? And he, he gets out at the same time as he comes back and it all kind of... How many years have passed? Do you know? Uh, yeah, it must be like... I mean, it must be less than 10. Mm. The, okay. book, the, the porno came out less than 10 years after Trainspot and the book was released oh it did okay so yeah so there you go so the, there's already like that that's going to be different because it'll be 20 years yeah. like, well I think I mentioned on the podcast from what I guess and I mean I'm, I'm happy to be corrected here that they are going to update it so they won't be doing the scud films on VHS they're going to be doing them on you know on digital mm-hmm. yeah so what is the sort of very brief outline for the for the story so, you, yeah so you, you and mcgregor's he's been over in amsterdam you know made a bit of a success of his life i guess he's come he's come back i can't remember why he comes back but yeah as, you, as paul says begby's just getting out of prison around the same time um what's his name sick boy he's like been doing organizing porn films um yeah i, I, the title, I, also, I guess <laughs> i can't remember any more any more than that i mean like yeah they're just uh, yeah it's just begby getting out and coming after uh, there's that whole tension of of him trying to he knows begby's out and there's that almost like like cat and mouse yeah set against the whole comedic background of them making those films and then they all head off to Cannes, which is completely ludicrous (laughs) yeah and tommy tommy's still dead isn't he tommy is still dead yes (laughs) fucking toxoplasmosis (laughs) (laughs) do you have a cat owen no. Why would you assume I have a cat? Well, you know, I'm just checking. Okay. Have you seen no, Tradespotting where Tommy dies? The cat gives him the bloody thing that kills him, doesn't he? Oh, man. It's been. You know what? I really wanted to see Trainspotting <laughs> again because it's been so long since I watched it. I mean, we're talking probably a decade 
since I last watched Train Spotting. And uh, yeah, no, I'm really, it's top of the list at the minute. Okay. Uh, so, Esco, who's your first, or, or what is your first choice? <laughs> yeah, so, so I've chosen three films all where Glasgow connection because, you know, I'm from Glasgow. Um, <laughs> my, my number three is Mrs. Brown. Um, so, you know, it's one of my favourite Scottish films, but mainly because Billy Connolly's in it. Um, brilliant comedian, favourite comedian. I, you know, absolutely love Billy Connolly. So, you know, anything with, with him, in it, him in it, I'm going to enjoy anyway. But he was actually fucking good in this movie as well. Does that include the recent Hobbit film? Ah, uh, see, I don't really like the Hobbit films. <laughs> yeah. Okay. But, I mean, yeah, in, in fairness, I like Billy Connolly when he was younger. He's become a bit of a dick since he got older. He told my favourite ever joke, which was the the one about dropping the Scotsman dropping fifty p and it hitting him in the back of the head as he went to pick it up. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, so that you know, I'm not the film. I'm not going to spoil the story since it seems like that's the not the done thing here. Um, you know, it's basically the relationship between um, Billy Connolly, who's like a servant, and um, what's her name, Judy Dench, who's the Queen Victoria. So it's just all about her, her husband's dead and he's all, she's all depressed. And then he, he used to work for, he used to be his servant. So then he, he comes in and he, um, yeah, he just basically pisses everybody off. And um, she really likes him, but um, he's, you know, he's antagonizing everybody else. And it's just, it's just a fucking brilliant film. I mean, you know, I think, I think um, Judy Dench, you know, she won some awards for it and Billy Connolly didn't. And I, I, well, I mean, I didn't. I was doing some research and he didn't win anything. I just couldn't <laughs> fucking believe it because it was, I just, I think it was an absolutely brilliant film. Um, and, you know, to be honest, normally I wouldn't like that sort of film. I don't like film, you know, these period dramas and, you know, but that's... You I know, call them bustles and bonnets. Oh, uh, I mean, yeah, I just, I, I hate that sort of stuff normally, but, you know, this one, it's got kilts, it's got bagpipes, it's Billy <laughs> Connolly prancing about, pissing everybody off and being a ball bag. It's just, it's just fucking brilliant. So um, yeah, that's 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 definitely my uh, my number three. Yeah, I think before we started recording this, I said it was, it was close to making my list as well for all the reasons you just said. It's just it's it's kind of weird that he didn't get nominated for anything. Yeah, Billy Connolly. I mean, not even like a BAFTA. He didn't win a BAFTA. Definitely didn't get an Oscar. So I mean, it's just uh, I'm just looking here again on IMDb BAFTA Awards Scotland, and they didn't give Billy Connolly anything. Outrageous. Oh, he was nominated for best actor in the film, but didn't win. That, that's shocking. Yeah. Yeah. And this is that. This was going to be, you know, your quiz earlier. This was going to be my fact about this movie that that Gerard Butler was actually in it. You know, he's, he's really young at this point. He was actually in the film. Fucking, you know, you're right. I can remember him now. Yeah. Really? Yeah, yeah. I mean, it was again. I only watched it a couple of years ago. It's. Yeah, he was. I can remember. I remember looking at it going, fucking hell, that's Gerard Butler. And even though I said, Oi, Esco, he's the one who goes, I am Sparta, you still didn't know his name. I know, I know. I know I'm fucking <laughs> reading about that. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my life. Anyway, back to Owen for your second choice. Okay, so my um, second choice, just because we've talked about what an arty, art house sort of film. Um, Macbeth is and how divisive that's going to be. Well, one that came out in the UK last year uh, was Under the Skin, which is based on um, Michael Faber. Is that it? I don't know. Michael Faber, I'm going to call him. His novel of the same name, which um, was itself incredibly divisive, particularly on our podcast. We had people on here who 
loved it and people who walked it after about 15 minutes like Paul did with Macbeth. So um, just to give a very kind of brief outline, it, it stars Scarlett Johansson as an alien, another being from somewhere else. Have you who... seen this, Esco? No, I've not. I'm just looking at it just now. Ah, uh, okay. Yeah, she kind of devours people. Is that the right way to kind of yeah, keep us... I would say that that's a fair... Sexually or eating them? Both, yeah. yeah. I'd say both. Um, Interesting. It combines the two in ways that mere mortals can only dream. Well, um, but she... <laughs> Owen weren't actually actors, were they? So I was just thinking, you know, at some point when he was, you know, pottering around Glasgow, was Escobar Walker approached by a, a, a brunette in a, in a white van? I've never been approached by people. <laughs> Sorry, mate, if you haven't seen it, it won't, it won't make much sense, but trust me, yeah. when you do, it will. A lot, lot of it was filmed without people realising it was going to be in a major film or that it was Scarlett Johansson. All right. Yeah, so it's a little bit guerrilla in its tactics, but um... I'm just reading IMDb and it's the plot keywords. It's got male full frontal nudity. It doesn't doesn't sound good to me. <laughs> like, well, there is a bit of female frontal nudity. All right, it's starting to sound better now. That's... Yeah, it's picking up, isn't yeah. it? But yeah. is that it's, she's got like you know this? She's not trimmed her lady garden. Do you think that's a merkin? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I, don't, I, I just, I can't, I just can't imagine Scarlett Johansson, you know, letting it all go, go mad down there. I reckon that that is a pubic wig. I wouldn't know. It's not one of those things that some that I've researched. Unfortunately, I wish I had an answer for you, Paul. Okay. Um, I'm yeah. currently, I'm, I'm imagining it at the moment, and I'm imagining it's trim. So I haven't <laughs> seen the film. So <laughs> yeah. But, um, <laughs> it's, yeah, I don't know if that's going to show up on the keywords for for its IMDb page. Um, Scarlett Hansen's Merkin, but it, probably not, I'm guessing. But, the, yeah, the film was, it's just so surreal. It's in the sense that, it, I mean, literally is surreal in that you, you just have no fucking clue what bits of it mean. What certain th- things that happening are, they only make sense later it does get into a slightly more linear type of of plot towards the end when it it does become a bit of a, an escape but it's it's sort of the way that it think it it brings everything full circle it brings back sort of the hunt in a way um but it's just it's just fascinating it's it was one of those films that once you start watching it you just cannot stop it's well obviously some people did you consider did, it a horror hate, film though, I thought, um yeah, I think so. It's definitely sci-fi, and it's 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 certainly in the realms of horror. That's the scene on the beach is horrific. Oh, it's chilling. Oh. It's yeah. I mean, just so cold as well. The whole film feels, it, you know, it's one. Of, it's it does sound really pretentious to say a film has a feeling that you can describe as a temperature, but I mean, it really it it, it chills you. The whole film chills you. It makes the room seem colder just watching it. Does she get a good Scottish accent? She's uh Posh English, isn't it? Is it? Is, yeah, does she put an English accent on? Mm. Yeah. There's a scene of her kind of eat I don't know, it's it's I it's so surreal, I can't really explain it, but the way that she absorbs her prey is in like an a black underwater liquid thing. 
And it's just you've just got to watch it to 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 make sense of it. I can't I can't do it justice explaining it. But it, yeah, it it was it was just brilliant. It's Absolutely. some follow up though, isn't it? To Sexy Beast. It was a bit of a I wasn't kind of really threw me. A, what a follow up to Sexy Beast As and the, uh, Glazer. Yeah, yeah, Jonathan Glazer. Uh, yeah, they are very different. Very films. different. Yeah, Sexy Beast though is also fucking brilliant. Hmm. That is an excellent British gangster film. But um, yeah, they are totally different. Oh, it says here he did another film called Birth in between. But I don't know what that is. Oh, I got excited then. I thought it said Jean Claude Van Damme, but it's it's a writer, Jean Claude Carrier. So no, it, if that was been written by Jean Claude Van Damme, I <laughs> just stop the internet. There's there's um and the next follow up for uh, for Glazer. A Van Damme pen script. That's the sort of triumvirate of completely opposite bipolar films. Paul? Um, well, my number two is a film called Ned's, which uh, was directed by and written by Peter Mullen. And the funny thing, I don't know who wrote the Wikipedia page, but it says the dialogue is in Glasgow Patter. <laughs> <laughs> you, no, I'm taking you have seen this, Esco. I haven't seen it. It's, I haven't. I was out of the country when that came out. Ah, okay. Yeah. It's, I, I it's a real... It, it, I tell you what, it, it's this is Scotland, basically. <laughs> it, it follows a, a teenager who's, he, who... You see him start off at primary school. Um, it, he's at the, the kind of a really small Catholic primary and he's a real swat. Right. And he comes out of there and he and he has to go to, like, to the local you know, shit heap fucking comprehensive in the 70s. And even before he gets there, you know, there's a guy bumps into him as he's leaving primary school, says, oh, I'm going to fucking cut you, you cunt. I'm going to fucking, you know, and he just goes into this huge tirade of abuse against this, like, 11-year-old kid. And um, he, he's he got a brother who's a notorious thug in the area. And when he, he lands at this secondary school, they... It, you know, wrongly assume that he's going to follow in his brother's footsteps and he's not put in the top class. And it reminded me of when I was at school, this probably won't apply to um, Steve and I, but our classes, I don't know about you, Esco, but were they kind of lettered A, B, C, etc., to signify how clever you were all the way down to J, where you were a fucking moron? <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Yeah. Well, in this... The, the, the bottom class was R, which stood for remedial. You know, it really it's like, we're going to put you in here, R, so you can be bullied. So everyone knows you're available to be bullied. And I just, you know, um, he he takes great umbrage of being not put in the top class. And he's told he can work hard, he can get there. and But he gets put upon and picked upon and he slowly changes. And it's, it, you know, it follows the story of this, change from this kind of spod nerd all the way through to this you know violent fucking psychopath and by the end he's completely lost the plot all the relationships he makes along the way he burns you know he ends up fucking homeless huffing glue i mean who remembers glue sniffing who remembers it as in, as in not, not glue sniffers, yeah. presumably not as in you doing it but in <laughs> yeah yeah i mean it really, because I actually, I do actually remember kids at school who who were glue sniffers, and it was like rewatching it this week. It was like fucking hell, God, did they really do that? Um, yeah, I mean, it, it's one of those ones. 
you have to kind of see it to believe it. I mean, Peter Mullen plays his dad, who's this Alki, who, um, you know, the, end, the inevitable confrontation with his son arrives. But what I found fascinating was the cast. And, it's, you know, there's a sizable chunk of, chunk of people in this film. Barely any of them have gone on to do anything. It, yeah, it was a real strange one. But the uh, my, my favourite bit is near the end. It's not really a spoiler. They're, they're in a safari park. And two of these idiots, the bus breaks down and they get out of the bus in the, in the middle of the safari park. And this the, the, the warden's like wagon rolls up next to them. And they're like, what are you doing? What are you doing? There's lions out here. And he looks at him and he goes, ah, oh, calm down. We're not going to touch the lions. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Which, honestly, I just lost it. And my accent was terrible, but um, yeah, no, really, really good. Definitely recommended. Was it was it, it was it all real actors in it, or was it just you know people off the street? They were all actors, but they were all actors. But their work afterwards was, I mean, Connor McCarran was the was the guy who plays the lead, John McGill, and I, I you know, looked up and he'd done like two films since. Um, it's obvious that Peter Mullen was working on a really small budget. But yeah, no, mate. I mean, you're, I can't see how you won't love this. I mean, you know, did you watch This Is England? Yeah, yeah, I've seen that. That's good. That's yeah, good. So is it so kind of a Scottish equivalent of that? Pretty much, yeah. I, I, you know, and time-wise, probably nearer my era than yours, but I still think you'll get a lot out of it. Yeah. What, what is is Ned Glad, uh, Glaswegian patter then? Does that on, translate to something what is else? It? It's non non educated delinquents, I think yep. it stands for. I don't know if it really when it when it started off if it really did mean that, but yeah. have you ever used that word? Ned oh yeah, Ned, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's like a yeah. Okay. I don't think it's as popular, you know, not it's not so much now. Um but yeah, I mean no, when I was growing up Neds, yeah, yeah. Woohoo. It was definitely Neds <laughs> in my school. It's but, really violent as well. So if you know your shell, shell suit track suits was all that sort of stuff. No, 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 no. Before no. then, it's not the football factory, right? It's um, you know, like Bay City rollers and flares. All right, really. Mm. Anyway, on to my second choice then. Um, Scotland is a nation of science and engineering. Uh, they've created such masterpieces as a deep fried Mars bar and iron brew. <laughs> Very good. Yeah. So I have picked possibly the universe's greatest uh, engineer, and that is Montgomery Scott of Star Trek. (laughs) Scotty from Star Trek. Scotty. Yes. Uh, Played by (laughs) Simon Pegg most recently, but played by some other guy whose name, James Doohan, is the guy who played him in the original series. Um, he's actually Canadian, but I think he found an accent that worked, which was Scottish, and they decided to go a bit for Star Trek. He could do some stuff with dilithium crystals that no one else could even imagine because they're not real. Um, and he could <laughs> beam, he can beam people from one ship to a planet, no problem, and he gives it all he's got quite regularly, I think. Uh, okay. It just, yeah. it just pisses me off that it's always like not Scottish people that, you know, why can't you all get Scottish actors in? It's like, you know, and this, that bloody Macbeth, they've got a German and Braveheart, they've uh, an Australian, and now you're telling me that Scotty out of Star Trek isn't even fucking Scottish. I didn't even know that. I didn't know that. It was a convincing accent. Yeah. No, I just, I just like the idea of this kind of 
hard drinking Scotsman being the the engineer um, on the Starship Enterprise and being like really intelligent and being able to fix starships. Yeah. Hello, keyboard. Computer. Oh yeah, yeah I remember that. <laughs> was that, was that the, the the voyage home. Voyage home with the space whales. Mm-hmm. Did he have yeah. problems with his microphone and his computer? Uh, have you seen Star Trek Four? No. No. He sorry. tries to talk to his <laughs> mouse. <laughs> Ah. It's it's they yeah, go back it, in time. Yeah. He talks into the mouse and um can't, it doesn't it, it says something about a keyboard being quaint. So <laughs> yeah, but it's it's written as a comedy. That is that took me by surprise when I was watching through the uh the Star Trek films because it's nothing like the others. It's just an outright comedy film. Oh, it's hilarious. It's, it is. It's hilarious, yeah. Anyway, it's going uh, back in time to save the whales. It's just yeah. Uh, Esco, your second choice. To my second choice, if I just say the classic line, tits, bumming, bum, fanny the lot, it gives it away. Well, I hope it, I'm sure it will for all, everybody listening to your uh, your podcast. <laughs> Gregory's girl. Um, to be honest, that was going to be my number one, but I've uh, switched it around since we're going to be, we're both going to be talking about the same um, film in a little while. Um, but yeah, Gregory's girl, um, 1980 something, I think it came out. Um, I love it. You know, I watched it at the weekend because uh, obviously we're going to talk about it on here. Um, great haircut still, flares, just like, like Paul was saying about the Neds. Um, and it just reminds me of my own childhood. So for anyone that's not seen it, you know, it's basically um, a coming-of-age film um, about some adolescent schoolboy in, in Scotland, in Glasgow, um, you know, falling in love for the first time he's at school. So, it, yeah, it just reminds me of my own childhood, um, you know, obviously because it's set in Glasgow, which is where I'm from. Um and then the second thing is it's got you know it's got nudity right at the start, and then fuck all for the rest of the you know the rest of the movie. And it just doesn't she, it just... doesn't she play football in it? Sorry, doesn't she the, the girl in it? Doesn't yeah, she, she play she, football? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And she's bloody good. She's like you know she gets she she doesn't at the start and she gets in the team because the team's shit. And then you know she's actually she's really good at football. Uh, no, but it's not the per- it's not the person the nudity at the start. Just um, spying on. But it just, yeah, it reminds me of all. It just reminds me of all the movies I used to set up late watching um, when I was younger. You know, to have the volume turned down, you'd be watching this movie. Your parents would be sleeping. You didn't want them to know you were um, still awake playing with yourself. And then you know, you did it right at the start, and then you keep on <laughs> keep, keep on watching it, and there'd be none. You know, you'd, you'd watch it for an hour and a half or two hours, and it'd be fuck all more nudity be right at the start just to to draw you in. Um, so it's got that element which I which I enjoyed. And then, yeah, they, I mean, it's just, you know, the guy, the main character, Gregor, he's just, you know, he's really shit and awkward around girls. Um, Do you know what? Do you, you know our, he's related to someone we know, actually. John, oh, really? Got John Gordon Sinclair. Yeah, he's, yeah. um Ali Ross's cousin. Oh, really? Yeah. <laughs> there you go. Weird fact. Yeah. Good fact. So I was, te- I was you know, I was, my mum my was telling me that actually um, the girl that's, I can't remember her name, the actress that's in it. Um, you know, she, you know, um, who doesn't end up being Gregory's girl, but the one that he's absolutely besotted with at the start. Um, she, she, she didn't do any more movies. She did that movie. You know, she, she wasn't like she didn't. She wasn't an actress um, before. She, she. I don't know why she. You know, the director must have seen her somewhere and put her in as the, you know, the main uh, caster. And then she's not. She wasn't in any other movies afterwards. Um, but that's what I would do. As you were saying the same thing about these these people not going in and doing further films. So she was um, she was somebody like that. But it's just you know it's an absolute classic film. Um, if you haven't seen it, obviously watch it. I'm sure most people have seen it. 
um, and you know don't expect any more tits, bums, or fannies after the opening. Well, I've, I mean, I, I was eleven when that came out, and I, you know, I remember seeing it on VHS and stuff, and I probably saw it multiple times. But I've, I'm literally just pulled it up on Wikipedia. The budget was only two hundred grand. The box office was nearly twenty-six million pounds. Yeah. That yeah. is fucking insane. So how has she not gone on to do anything? Oh, Owen, your final choice. <laughs> um, okay, yeah, my final choice is um, it's a, an Irving Welsh novel that's been adapted um, by John S. Baird, and it's it's called Filth, and it came out in the UK about two, two years ago, 2013. It came out around this time, actually. It was October. Okay. So, Paul, how the fuck do you describe filth? Just because if you say corrupt cop who goes around shagging people and taking drugs, it doesn't really sell it. Yeah. What, how would you describe uh, filth? Sold it to me. <laughs> it's yeah, it's it's a it's really difficult because it's quite trippy as well as being it's so utterly ever. filthy. It's a bit. I I think I described it in in a review as a bit like a Scottish bad lieutenant, but much better. Much yeah, better than it's bad lieutenant. Better than that. Yeah. I mean, he's, um, well, you know, crack on, dude. I mean, it's a really, it's a yeah. really difficult film to kind of talk about. It is because it's not really like a conventional style of of, of film. Um, the, the plot, as you're following it, is relatively relatively speaking straightforward because you can sum it up as you know it's just a bad cop who well he's a good cop who's trying to get promoted and at the same time he's also an alcoholic drug addled maniac really you know he steals from there's a brilliant bit at the start where he just sort of steals stuff from a homeless guy and he's sleeping with the wife of his his colleague who's he's trying to comfort afterwards and he's just like, a right but, bastard we see so he's sleeping and comforting it's like he's strangling her and she's screaming to turn her gas off <laughs> not quite yeah, the same exactly. thing as comforting yeah, under, okay i undersold it slightly yeah, yeah. 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 watch it <laughs> Are you sure you've seen this? <laughs> I, I have, I have seen it, I have seen it. Yeah. Um, but, you know, what happens is he starts hallucinating and, as Paul says, as things just sort of go from quite bad to, to immensely worse from it for him, he starts really tripping balls. And you've got Jim Broadbent in it, who... Um, he, he kind of plays like a psychologist for him. Mad doctor, isn't he? But... Yeah, Mad Doctor, but he, what a character! That's just so so strange. And also, you've got just such a brilliant support cast around James McAvoy. Um, Eddie Marsden is fucking awesome. He is just superb. As he he takes it. Where does is it Amsterdam they go to? And he no, just it's it's not. It's to Hamburg, isn't it? Hamburg, yeah, that's it. Hamburg, and just gives him a load of drugs and um. And he's shaggy Bunty behind his black. Shaggy Bunty. <laughs> <laughs> Shirley Henderson, she's fucking awesome. Yeah, everyone, everyone in it is brilliant. Uh, uh, Jamie Bell is in it. I think that was one of his sort of breakout breakout roles as well. He was just absolutely. He... But the kind of like the, in the plot of this, that what you what you end up ha- what ends up happening is um, McAvoy's character, Sergeant Robson, Robertson, his 
he just is so obnoxious. He just thinks he's just going to get the promotion. And even if he isn't, he's just going to worm his way to it by degrading his other other competition. And so then, obviously, because he's such a fuck-up, slowly it, the promotion kind of slips away from him. But then it's mimicked with his own mental stability. And it's kind of like the, the, the promotion isn't isn't the thing that's keeping him saying that what's happening is he, he is just getting more and more um, mental, just absolutely crazy. And it works so well. It's just so cleverly done. I, I haven't read the book yet. So as a, a sort of well, sort of book, fan of this kind of thing, yeah. What would you say? Would you recommend the book? Well, I, I remember I got the a first day copy and uh, I got it back to the office and I was reading it and I was like, this doesn't make any fucking sense. And I, and I, and I got through, through about two thirds and then i realized that i i've still got it in fact that, that they mispressed it so the pages were out of sync <laughs> what yeah i'm not joking and actually this was so far back before kind of internet and stuff i just rang i think it was random house and they went yeah we've had that a few times to send you out a new one so i've got two <laughs> copies one with a yellow cover and one with a blue cover one's completely mispressed all over the place and one's correct but even you know the, the the kind of the tapeworm thing that starts talking to him. Mm. You as the as you go through the text in the book, it kind of has brackets around it with his story behind it and the tapeworm's words in front. It's a real it's it's a real challenging read. Yeah, I don't I don't really like the book. Um, I don't to be honest, I don't really like the film either. I saw I saw a one man play of it um, a few years ago, which was fucking brilliant. But I don't I don't know. Yeah. I don't, don't like the book. I, I, nowhere near as good as Train Spotting or some of these other ones. Mm. Oh, that's a shame. Um, yeah. So Paul, what's your uh, final choice? Well, I think it's pretty <laughs> obvious. It, it is, in fact, Train Spotting. 1996, I remember seeing this um, at, at a cinema in Camberley. Um, all, at the time, all of those orange flash posters were everywhere with the with the five characters and. The, that, I mean, that marketing campaign alone, I mean, can you you guys are much younger than me, but can you remember that? I, I vaguely, vaguely remember it. Esco, do you remember it? Yeah, I mean, it was such such a big deal. I'd already read the book when the film came out, um, but yeah, it was just such a big deal up in, up, well, in Glasgow, in Scotland at the time. Is, is this uh, your number one as well? Yeah, it is. Yeah, so it we, wasn't, we going, it wasn't going to be, but it, it is. Yeah. We can do this together <laughs> then. I mean, it's the story of sort of four four friends essentially and and their dalliances with with heroin which it, it sounds really dull doesn't it when you when you say it like that but the the writing the characters the casting the whole thing is just i just think it's amazing i it, and it's funny as well you've got this almost like a kitchen sink drama draped with some of the best laughs i've ever had i mean when Bud, you know, after the nightclub, and he wakes up in the morning and he tries to get those sheets in the washing machine. I, I I've seen this film a dozen times, and I watched it again the other day, and I still fucking piss myself laughing. You can't, you can't, you can't, but not laugh, can you? It's absolutely brilliant. It's absolutely brilliant. It's, I mean, it's it's quite interesting for me that it's actually a lot of it. You know, obviously, Urban Welsh is it's from Edinburgh, and it's um, you know, the book is actually set in Edinburgh, but the, a lot of the film was set in Glasgow. Um, it's, uh, some of it was set just near where I used to live, um, but oh, it's just it's timeless. It's just. I, I've got a few little highlights here. The um, Spuds interview, 
<laughs> where he takes speed and goes into yeah. that interview is just. Was it my 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 pleasure is your leisure? That's the one. <laughs> the uh, the tape pitching where where they where they're going to look at the hundred best goals where they're expecting to hear Archie Gemmell scoring, <laughs> <laughs> and it's Lizzie and fucking thingy shagging. Um, the the glass scene we've already touched upon where Begbie hoofs that old school pipe pot over the balcony. <laughs> Spud shit in the bed. Um, what else have I got here? Oh, when when Begby discovers that he's feeling up a lady boy. Yeah, <laughs> that, that, that's 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 set. There's a nightclub in Glasgow. That was set in a nightclub in Glasgow, just round the corner from where I used to live. And one oh, of my really? mates, what? Yeah, one of my mates actually. Got, it's, it's shut now. It's called. It was called the volcano. It's shut down now. But one of yeah, one of my mates actually he get kicked out of that once for doing a shit in one of the urinals. Is that pissed? Nice. Yeah, sorry, sorry to lower the tone, but yeah, that is yeah, cracking. <laughs> and I love one of the best bits for me is is that whole when it switches and they go to London. And funnily enough, it's something you said to me the other day, uh, Esco. I, I've actually managed to hunt down that record. Did you get it? Yeah, I've by, by, he hasn't turned up yet, but it cost me one pound on promo twelve inch. It's the best song. I think it's the best song, isn't it? Yeah. It's and and, I've got, and I've, I had the soundtrack on CD and I was thinking, do you know what? He's right. It's not on there. Um, I can't remember what's it called. Boom Diggy or something. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I'm really curious to, to, to ask the, um, I don't want to call them the youngsters, but <laughs> Steve, yeah. Owen, what's your history of Trainspotting? Um, seen it. Thought it was great. Not seen it for a long time, though. But really enjoyed it. But well, it must have left some impression on you because of uh, picking um, Begsby. Yeah, yeah. I think um, it's kind of when I first watched it, kind of really young and not old enough to be watching a film like that. So it kind of had that element to it as well. But you know, I just remember everyone going on about it at school, or you know, and seeing mm. it, seeing it when you're not meant to be seeing it. I think my parents would not have approved had they known I'd seen Train Spotting at the age I'd seen Train Spotting. Yeah, I think I had a similar experience with it because I watched it with um, a couple friends, and it was one of those where we thought, "Are we are we allowed to be? Are we supposed to watch this? Are we allowed to?" And it was just kind of. So I think as well, and maybe I watched it a bit too young. I think I watched it about when I was about thirteen. So what's that? That's about sixteen years ago. So I just kind of, I didn't get it, but I remember being really um, impressed by it. In a, in a way, um, but I think a lot of it flew over my head, which is why I keep I keep meaning to rewatch it. I really wanted to do it before before this podcast. I just ran out of, of time in the end. But yeah, no. I, I, so yeah, my my impression of it originally was it was weird. It was so fucking weird. But it had the thrill of watching something you probably weren't supposed to be watching. And what about you, Esco? What was your first dalliance with train spotting? Yeah, I mean, I must have been about fifteen or sixteen when it came out. Um... I mean, it was just so big. It was obviously just so big up in up in Scotland. It was probably. I mean, you know, I'd read the book. I, you know, I already knew about Irvin Welsh. It was probably the main reason because I, you know, although Bowling Ball's not been out for that long, I did actually write it years and years and years ago. And it was it was basically because you know I'd seen Red Train Spotting, um, and um, yeah, that was that was basically you know I obviously read a lot before that, but that was the reason I um, got into to writing. Um, but yeah, no, it's just an absolute quality film. I just, I really hope that the the, the sequel porno, you know, it does it justice. Um, should should do. It's got you know, if it's got all the same actors, same director. It is a good, you know, the book is a really good story. So 
let's just hope it's um it's as good and it's not a bit of a disappointment after train spot well quickly i mean i've we talked about ned and nobody going on to do anything the cast in this they've Jesus. all gone on to do mm. a, i mean even the ones who maybe at the you know like johnny lee miller potentially maybe you and bren were a little bit but now they're all doing really good work and kelly mcdonald's fucking smashing it yeah do you think it's Danny Boyle's best film? Oh, easily. That is a tough because he's made some brilliant movies. I mean, that's... And, of course, Steve Jobs, which comes out this year. Oh, that, it's I saw 90 the trailer. minutes. I, I, just... saw the, <laughs> I saw the trailer for that and just thought, who actually cares? Yes, he, he obviously achieves a lot, but he doesn't seem that interesting. Steve Jobs, yeah. I kind of, yeah, I don't know. I have, unfortunately, fortunately, unfortunately, I, I don't know if it's unfortunate at all, but I have shelled out for a Mac for this university degree I'm doing. So just for this sheer fact, I've had to pay so much money for a computer to do something. I'm fucking Steve Jobs, you utter bastard. <laughs> but yeah, so I, yeah, I don't know if it's his, his best film, but it's, I mean, I really like 28 Days Later. Um that was that was probably his the film of his that had the biggest impression on me. Uh, would you say though that the book or the film is better? Esco, which book, do you prefer? Book. I mean, you know, I, I read a lot more than I watch films. In the book, the book mm-hmm. is fantastic. The book is absolutely fantastic. He's, they've got it into. I mean, it's only ninety minutes they try and spawn it in a long film, but when you think about how much they pack into it, there's like like almost like this kinetic energy. It's just. It's like a chip, like a train. It, <laughs> it really is. does rattle through so much, and, and you know, and there's so much that's in. You know, there's obviously so much more that's in the book. There's so many characters that didn't make it into the film. It's um, yeah, it's just uh, it's just brilliant. My my favourite bit is still the the, uh, the 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 mother superior line when he, you know, you know, why is he called the mother superior because of the length of his habit. <laughs> <laughs> It's yeah. there, honestly there, there are more jokes. You could almost, it is a comedy in a way because I I laugh more watching Trainspotting than an awful lot of comedies. And then when it switches to some of that really dark dark stuff with you know the, when the baby dies and stuff and it's but you know to go from you know literally pissing yourself laughing at Spud throwing shit round a room <laughs> to a dead kid and carrying that off against this you know, thumping amazing soundtrack is. Yeah, it's 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 a just I think it's a a masterpiece. Brilliant. Okay, um, on to my final choice, then. that is only half Scottish, half Scottish, half Swiss. The most inconspicuous spy in the world, James Bond. <laughs> With obviously Spectre coming out, I've not seen. Must admit, I've not seen many of the older Bond films, but the newer ones since perhaps Pierce Brosnan onwards. I've seen a fair few of and really enjoyed most of them, even if sometimes they are a bit silly and over the top. I mean, in one Bond film, he went to space. Yeah. That, yeah. Was, that, that was when Bond was going a bit mental, though, wasn't no, it? No, that was the best Bond, because Bond is <laughs> the best Bond, as you know. And he went to space. Yeah. <laughs> That's all I'm saying. Um, <laughs> yes, James Bond is undoubtedly, although his accent doesn't suggest it, one of the greatest half-Scottish film characters of all time. Are you winging this, Steve? Yeah. How much research has gone on here? Oh, I googled Scottish film characters and James Bond rocked up. So. He's, he's been played by... What has he been played by? He has been played by one Scottish guy. Scott, an Australian, some English people. And... Irishman. Yeah. Yeah. 
There weren't many English, though, were there? Roger Moore and Daniel Craig? Is that it? Well, quick, Dalton. 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 Who's your favourite Bond? Round the table. All right, I'll go first. Roger Moore. Yeah. Sean. <laughs> Roger Moore for me. I think you could argue that Sean Connery's films were better, but Roger Moore was just so... There's a goofy, but acceptably goofy kind of humour to his films, I think. I just, I, I grew up watching them. I loved them. I think he's awesome. That fucking Sean Connery, what a wanker. Yeah, he is a <laughs> wanker. He's from Adam Brothers. So, you know. Didn't he, uh, isn't he a wife beater as well? I'm, you know, yeah, he's I'm a wife beater. He's a tax dodger. He's, there you yeah. go. he's a Highlander. <laughs> and anyway, Esco, what's your final pick? Trainspotting. That was Trainspotting as well. You've done it. Yeah. There we go. So that's uh, that. Always. <laughs> it's obviously memorable. I was paying, I was paying attention, honestly. <laughs> anyway, that's um, pretty much all for this week's podcast. What we've got to do now is recommend some films. We're recommending a Scottish film that you might not have seen. But anyway, Owen, what have you picked? Okay, what I'm recommending is a film from 2002, okay, by a director called Neil Marshall, uh, mainly because we're in October, so it kind of ties into the Halloween thing, but Dog Soldiers, Ooh. which is about some British soldiers in the Scottish wilderness who get attacked by werewolves. And it's really... It's good. It's really entertaining. It's quite short as well. About 90 minutes, probably probably maybe a teeny bit longer than that. But it's just um, just a really entertaining horror film that's, that's, that I'd recommend people check it. Okay. Paul? Well, I'm going for um, a, a sequel to a film that's already been discussed, which is Gregory's Two Girls from uh, 1999 which I actually haven't seen, but I assume that John Gordon Sinclair is fucking two birds at the same time. Is, is that what happens, Escobar? I haven't seen it. I'm just, yeah, I'm just uh, having a quick look just now. I, I haven't seen it, but I'm going to look at it if it's got a threesome. <laughs> Mate, I'm joking. I'm, it, it's, it, it does exist, but I'm assuming it's fucking terrible. <laughs> <laughs> and not John Gordon Sinclair tupping two birds. <laughs> uh, I'm actually going for another Irvin Welsh adaptation, which is uh, The Acid House from uh, 1998, which is sort of three short stories um, brought to the big screen. Is this? I'm not sure if this came out cinematically. Do you know Escobar? Yeah, I've seen this at the cinema. Is this the one with the the hole where the guy's getting ele- electricity from the guy downstairs? Uh, yeah, with where he turns. It's got the um, where the guy turns into a fly. Yes, yeah, 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 yeah. Do, do you remember the bit in the last one with uh, um, Bob Senior? Oh, is this where he's getting shagged by his missus? Yeah. Yeah, well, I don't. Yeah, do, yeah, do you yeah. know the line? No, I can't remember the line. Um, Should I do the line? I'm not, yeah. I can't do it in the well, accent. Doing your best Scottish accent. I'm not, but it's like, <laughs> who have you been seeing? Anna Ford and that Madonna. You <laughs> bastard, you fucking dirty prick. You know what this means? No, no, Dory, not the shite. I can't eat your shite. <laughs> I'm gonna shite in your mouth. It's what we both want. <laughs> and then he goes, shite in my mouth. <laughs> Quality. Oh, mate, it's when I first saw that, I, I, I just lost the plot. I just couldn't believe what I was seeing. <laughs> Bear in mind, it was just after Train Spot, and I thought that was bad enough. But this takes it to a whole new level. So yeah, if you want to see something near the knuckle that's fully Escobar Walker approved. <laughs> The Acid House. Okay, and Escobar, finally. 
Yeah, so my little recommendation for the, the, the coming week is My Name is Joe. Um, so, again, it's another quite old film, 1998. Um, it's directed by Ken Loach, who you'll probably all have heard of. Um, <laughs> seems to do quite well, well at award ceremonies. Um, basically, it's a story about some kind of recovering um, unemployed ex-alcoholic and he's you know, getting into a relationship with some, some woman. Um, set in Glasgow, as you know, all the, the things that I've uh, talked about tonight are. Um, and again, so I like this one. It was kind of like Gregory's Girl, that lots of the actors in it were just locals. So, you know, no previous acting experience. Um, and it's just a bloody good film. Um, so, yeah, I hadn't, I, to be honest, I didn't watch it again for this. I haven't seen it in ages. Um, I didn't have time to watch it again because you guys forced me to go to the cinema to watch fucking <laughs> Beth. Um, yeah, so anybody, anybody um, yeah, listening to your podcast... Don't go see fucking Macbeth. Watch My Name is Joe instead. It's much better. Okay. Steve, go on, do yours, please. Oh, uh, Phil for something. It's probably on Netflix, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> you, you've sold me. I'm definitely going to watch it. <laughs> is probably on Netflix. If you're looking for a bit of Netflix and chill, oh, I'm down with the kids here. Yeah. And stick on filth, and it'll go down really well. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, uh, that is finally all for this week's Fail Critics podcast. We'll be back around about the same time next week uh, with another one. Um, and obviously, thanks to to uh, Escobar for coming on to the podcast this week. Why don't you remind this is where they might be able to get your publications. Yeah, so jump on my um, website, uh, www.escobarwalker.com. Uh, hook me up on Twitter. I don't bite. I will reply. Um, yeah, buy, buy my, get my books off Amazon or off my website. Um, Bowling Balls probably the, is my first one. It's the one that's been nominated for a few awards. Um, if you don't like Scottish books, then probably my latest one, I Hate My Job, It Sucks. Um, thanks a lot for having me, guys. I've uh, really enjoyed it. Good. Pleasure to have you. Cheers, man. Yeah, thank you very much. The Failed Critics Podcast is presented by Steve Norman and Owen Hughes, created by James Diamond, with original music provided by Kevin McLeod of Incompetech.com, remixed by James Yule of JamesYule.com. You can find us at FailedCritics.com, on Twitter at FailedCritics, and Facebook at Facebook.com forward slash FailedCritics. Thanks for listening. That's um, pretty much all for this week's podcast. What we've got to do now is recommend some films for the week ahead. Um, We're recommending a Scottish film that you might not have seen. All right, it's nice to be told of these changes. That wasn't changed. That, wasn't that was in the agenda. Read the agenda, Steve. <laughs> <laughs> is the film you've chosen a Scottish film? Oh, it's been a long day. Let <laughs> it not be a Scottish film, and then just play it by ear as if you hadn't heard this conversation. Yeah, just leave me out of this bit. Anyway, Owen, what have you picked? <laughs> <laughs> I did say this was really like shambolic, didn't I? I didn't mention that. I'm just I'm embarrassed. Sure that was I'm in just the embarrassing agenda. myself Steve. now. Yeah. Uh, cut this bit out. Uh, no, it's in. Oh, Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. 
I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.